intuitive listeners. In today's episode, I have the divine pleasure of sharing space with Krista and Phil Franks, husband and wife and co-founders of the lifestyle design agency, Allen Key. The energy between these two is unparalleled. Imagine a world where the sun rises with the moon. That's what it feels like when these two enter the room, lifted in harmony, like nature's balance. I'm so excited to dive deep into their way of allowing the heart to guide and learning how to differentiate logical knowing from intuition. Well, my loves, let's get weird. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much for being here. So I I love to start out the podcast by sharing um, where we all are. I'm in Sedona right now. It is very cold and extra windy today. I'm in uh, Oak Creek Canyon outside of Sedona, actually. Mm -hmm. So the winds are whirling and it is cold and I am staying inside with extra socks on. <laughs> um, so I'd love to hear how it is for you guys. You're in Columbus at your home, right? We're in our bed. Yeah. <laughs> I have a spot in our house, but it's also highlighted by the aura painting that Emily did for our family and their beautiful It just felt so perfect to be in this very spot while we get to talk with you. So honored. It is so special to have been able to create those for you and to have them in the background now. It's like full circle. <laughs> so yeah. I'd love to hear to start off um, how you guys define intuition, uh, how you work with intuition in your life and, and kind of just start off with like the definition and what intuition is for you. I would love to define what I think intuition. I think it's been ever evolving for me. So first, let me just say that yep. it's been this ever evolving relationship with understanding this almost like inner wisdom coming out of my body and it comes through in different ways. It's coming from heart. It's coming from that gut feeling. I have a strong sense of, of feeling in my stomach. Um, that gives me kind of a yes, no answer all the time. So for me, intuition is more, um, a sensing, a sensing decision-making ability. Whereas the logic for me is more like, the thinking and the strategizing and the, the, the logical mind, you know, driven way of, mm-hmm. of thinking and making decisions. So mine is intuition for me is very feeling, sensing, understanding the world, like kind of sensing the world and then making decisions from that place or kind of living from that place. Mm-hmm. I think intuition for me also an ever evolving thing, right? Cause I think most of us are conditioned to lead life through our minds. Right. We talked about this when you were overdoing these wonderful paintings um, and it's something that's been kind of like in my face of recent uh, about how I've lived my life. Primarily, it's been very mind led instead of heart led. Mm. Uh, but the word that's like coming to me to say right now is just knowing like it's just a knowing, mm-hmm. you know, when you go into a situation that maybe isn't doesn't feel um, right or maybe it feels really good but maybe your mind hasn't caught up yet. I've had so many of those in my life where something feels really good, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to see it in my mind yet. I don't know how to like make it come to life. And I think that's the paradox of intuition is that, that knowing it, it kind of, it predates your mind Mm -hmm. in in a lot of ways. And that's, I've, I've just had so many of those examples in my life and we've had them collectively in our journey where um, you have to kind of wrestle with that. You have to wrestle with that that idea of, are you okay with trust in the unknown? Are you okay with trust in this feeling, um, if you have that language and you're tuned in in that way, um, to make 
to make that leap or take that step or make that change and allow your intuition, which is, again, what I define as a knowing to lead the way. Yeah, that's such a beautiful way to put it. It makes me um, think of this practice that I've been doing more recently. It's my my history with like coming into my intuition was like this battle against my mind, like you were saying too. And um, I had a lot of anxiety growing up and still every now and then it comes up and it's like, I, I ask like, where is the anxiety coming from? And uh, it's never from the heart, you know? And so it's like, what, how could you not, how could you distrust the heart? So like, I asked that question when a moment of like going into the unknown and that fear shows up, it's like, I'm afraid of this unknown, but I trust the heart so deeply. How could you not trust your heart? <laughs> so that's um, kind of been my guide in um, doing it with a lot of grace and allowing myself, you know, kind of teasing myself, like, how could you not trust the heart? <laughs> you know? But um, yeah, it's so interesting because so often like our logical mind, we get so caught in that spiral and you can fall into the pattern of not trusting the heart because it is yeah. unknown or it, it can be scary. But I think there's a difference in um, fear that is like moving with toward something with like bravery versus fear that is like kind of constricting you in that like smaller space, you know, which I think comes back to intuition, right? Because I think that goes that that then becomes your relationship with the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like we always talk about this idea of like, there's a big difference between like, um, resistance and like, it's not the right thing, mm. like adversity and resistance, you know, like you can go through adversity because like you, you move through that and you see kind of this cycle happen and you maybe you triumph over that adversity, but resistance is going to continue to kind of like throw things in your way. And it's like, not to use Krista's word, easeful, mm-hmm. like it's going to, you're going to continue hitting that thing. And, you know, like fear in general, all these things in general are more like how we relate to them. And, and, and from my perspective, and I think that's kind of intuition, right? Because mm. it's all unknown. It's all unknown. And it, it's only in the choice of like, what road do you travel? And, and your knowing your intuition, like is in, in my opinion, I believe our collective opinion, like what drives you to those down those roads. Mm-hmm. I always think of that anxiety, you know, almost as like, the choppy water at the top, you know, it's like kind of, it's buzzy. It's kind of like choppy, uncomfortable that that's the the anxiety. Mm -hmm. But when you sink down underneath that choppiness and you get water, (laughs) of course I'm bringing up water. Visualization, it's like, it's so choppy on top, which Mm -hmm. is the resistance. But when you sink down, and you clear and you can only hear your breath, which is why meditation is so important for mm-hmm. intuitive connection, that when you get that that sense of um, almost serenity and it's quiet and you're in your center place, mm-hmm. that's where that truest intuition comes through, the yes or the no. And sometimes that intuition is going to be like, no, do not go there, right? Like that is a big no. And sometimes it's going to be like, yes move through that anxiety you're safe you're okay keep going but it only i think it only comes from like being able to sink down into that place yeah. and maybe we get just get better and better at at moving between those two places mm-hmm. as we get more and more comfortable and familiar with our different languages mm-hmm. yeah it's like if we if we sit on top of those rocky waters then we might try to guide which way we're taken rather than just like being in the flow <laughs> allowing it mm-hmm. to take us yeah, that's such a beautiful analogy, a beautiful way to put it. Um, it made me, I'm curious if you guys still use like 
logical. Uh, I, I know that you do a lot of like data driven um, uh, road mapping and everything with your work. I, I would love to hear more about like how, what is lifestyle design, I guess, for our listeners too. And then how you play, um, how you pair and balance both like intuitive knowing and kind of using logical and more of the analytical mindset too. I think this would be like a very good place for us to, to go back and talk a little bit about our history with intuition, because I think where we are now is not where we used to be. And we both have had very independent paths. And I think that helps to kind of think about as listeners, other people's journeys with yeah. their intuitive Let's process. go back as much as you want to go back. <laughs> is that we together have been able to go back to like very intuitive moments in our youth mm. where we were able to say, Oh my gosh, as a kid, we were so intuitive. Mm. Both of us like can hit. And I think everybody probably can, yeah. you know, the moments that just felt so. That's actually, um, I think like that point of reflection and finding those moments throughout your life when you knew that you knew, you know, when you saw those intuitive moments that feels so like lifting and like, trusting trust building within to me too yeah you're like building trust with yourself by going back yep and I mean, we call them case studies in our in our inside things that we do where you go through the cycle enough times in your life that like you don't have to distrust it because you know it's on the other side yeah because you've seen the cycle like and if you really tune into it and i'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here but mm-hmm. if you if you really tune into your cycles we all have cycles mm-hmm. right like we all have these cycles of like if we're triggered or there's something that we haven't touched in our, from our past, it's going to send us into a loop and there's small loops and there's big loops and the big loops obviously are probably a lot harder to, to get out because the gravity is much bigger, mm-hmm. but the small loops, like you can identify those things and quickly kind of step out of those things. But you, you first understand your patterning and what's happening in those loops. And then you can move through that by reflection because you have the case study to say mm-hmm. when I was in this loop, I did this, this was the outcome. Now I know it's what I can do here or what I can do differently here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we both realize that in, in our conversations about intuition and the logic brain and our work with all of this, we realized that as in our youth, we were both very intuitive. And honestly, like part of that came through in our sports. I was a swimmer. Phil was a baseball player. He has very intuitive moments from his athletic experience I have very intuitive moments about my experience and how that led us out into college and what we did with our lives but I think the you know we're programmed at a very young age to be very logical and they were in where I come from you know the small town it's very much like you need to be responsible you need to be practical you need to be logical and make good decisions and which was all very valuable like thank goodness that mm-hmm. that was instilled in me because it gave me structure to my life then I think that that brain motion, it really heightened my anxieties. It really took me out of my intuition and out of my body. And going into my, you know, my college life and then my early career, my early adulthood, it was just all mind-driven. It was all mind-driven and very, very logical. And me, like, I just kind of knew, right, probably make mid-20s, it just started to crumble. Like, this can't be this can't be it. Like this can't be the journey because I was so mind driven, so logical, but I only had these tiny moments where I was really tuning into that intuition. And those were so profound that I needed to figure out what those were. But Phil, like mine was mid twenties when I started to transition out of mine. What would you say your journey was like? 
Well, I mean, I think, I think that's that learning that evolution with intuition over your lifespan. Right. And I think what's happening kind of, maybe if you look at the, the big picture and cultural and society in the world, um, in general is like, I think that, that age. Siri. <laughs> Something to say about this. <laughs> that age range that you um, that people are beginning to ask these types of questions or get introduced to these concepts is getting lower and lower and lower on that scale of life, mm-hmm. right? So, like mine, I mean, in reflection, I had very pivotal moments in my life where I looked at it and I had that knowing when things were very unknown, right? And I love intuition being defined like that, knowing in the unknown. Mm-hmm. And like, there were many moments like that in my journey where it was like choosing my college, um, the first company that I worked for, um, sticking around there, uh, meeting my wife when I was in a long-term relationship, the first time we bought a home, like building this home, like all these things, you go back and you see all these moments where it was like, wow, I didn't know I could, that that was even a thing. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really, I think there's, there's like recognizing it. There's recognizing these things. And usually it shows up as dissonance, like friction in your body and your experiences in your health, in your like health, spiritual, emotional, physical, all these things show up because like you're, you're not in the frequency of who you, who you truly are. Mm-hmm. You're operating outside of your, of your truth, your true self. Mm-hmm. And that's going to show up. And we both have experienced that in our, in our world, but you don't really begin to recognize that until it gets too bad to handle which is unfortunate that it takes us as humans like that long to recognize that we have to go into pain and the tremendous amount of discomfort before we actually change and have these revelations. And, um, you know, my, I didn't start actually like living through that knowing until I was probably into in my low thirties. Um, and the biggest one was, um, leaving my career, which was wildly established on paper in the matrix. It was like everything you could have ever asked for, um, high paying salary bonus equity in the company, uh, power and status, top of the food chain, uh, heading towards an acquisition, which would have been a major liquidation event. Um, all these things, like we had a real estate portfolio that we were working on, like all these things were happening. And there was a moment during a, during a meeting where we were at a corporate client where I got a universal download that it was like, not it, that it was like, not where I was going to not where, not where I was supposed to be. And it shook me to my core because it was actually a very visual thing in a lucid state that I had never had before. And it was about um, regret. It was about missing my son's life, who at that time, Oren was just, he was just found out about. We were only about a month or so into pregnancy. Um, and the lifestyle was very different and of dissonance with how I actually wanted to be as a new dad, as a father to a, to a soul coming into the world. As the family that I knew that we both wanted to build the lifestyle was not aligning with what was going to be happening in the world mm-hmm. with what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took a lot of like knowing in a big unknown state to say, okay, wife, uh, <laughs> let's talk about how this like is feeling. And luckily, like because of our container and our relationship and what we've created, like that was an open conversation. It wasn't contentious. It was very much of, of team and of love mm-hmm. um, and connectedness. But I, I think that moment specifically in my low thirties, when I was faced with like, are you going to stay this route and like live in dissonance and in friction with your life and not do it? Or are you going to choose differently and listen to this intuition and go into the unknown and see what can happen? Mm-hmm. So in bringing that into the current day, that 
that was when, you know, we were really starting to figure out what does intuition, living with intuition look like in our family dynamic? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we live through that knowing and put that as a priority while still, we still had the, the brain movement. We still had all the logic. Mm -hmm. Um, so we did meditation coaching together where we kind of went into figuring out how to meditate and tapping into, um, this intuitive knowing right before we had our oldest son. Mm -hmm. And I would say that over the years, we've just gotten stronger and stronger at leading with the intuition. And now we use the logic brain very consciously mm. where we say, I'm going to almost like a computer program. Like I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to use it here in this moment. And then I'm going to turn it off. Right. And so there's a lot of, um, I wrote this the other day. I was like, I have so much gratitude now for the logic brain and the thinking brain mm -hmm. because it serves such a strong purpose in my life and I can engage with it a little in, in such a more powerful way. But even that gratitude to the extreme that it is has only happened over the last six to 12 months where, you know, like I've had to go through this whole journey of building this relationship with my intuition and reframing and re-relationshipping with the brain. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many, I'm like <laughs> pulling together all the pieces that I just pulled from your stories. Thank you for sharing. Those were very beautiful. Um, it made me think of like how simple intuition is, just hearing your like lifelong journey with it. And then now it's like, the only way that it's not simple is because is when we get caught in the mind. It's when we, cause now we have all of these like imprints, these like things that are influencing us, um, that are like pulling all different directions. And really the practice is to like keep it simple and stay within, which can feel so complex, but it's truly simple. It is like that meditation practice of going within, uh, so beautiful. I also like, I was curious with Phil's story, um, with, his like going chasing after this career and all these steps and then it's like he had that moment and I think that's what um that's where like the heart is truly guided when we get that other perspective and it was like the pregnancy brought this other perspective that he might not have otherwise had that like flip upside down <laughs> moment where he's like none of this let's <laughs> let's rework my career let's let's try something new um and I think that's like such a beautiful thing of and a reminder of how important it is to to engage with those different perspectives, to lean in when other people are sharing, like I've been practicing this too and deepening my own intuition is listening to the intuition of others and seeing like, how does it resonate with me? Um, but yeah, Phil, I'd love to hear too, like if how that resonates with your career driven um, part of your life. I mean, I know that you guys obviously are still career driven, but it's, it's the lifestyle business. Um, and there's been a, a shift in, in how you, um, how, what's dr driving it really and driving from the heart and driving from, you know, making that intention to have all this time with your family and everything versus chasing numbers or, you know, climbing the ladder or whatever. So I'd love to hear the difference um, and how those kind of drove you in those different parts of your life. Yeah, this is great. I mean, um, thank you for that question, Emily. That's a good one. Um, you know, I have a very pivotal moment in the journey of, of the unraveling. And uh, it was when we were both on a walk with um, our coach who was helping us in the transition. Um, and this coach was a mindfulness meditation coach and practitioner. Um, 
which we, you know, began working with in this transition, but he had a kind of a nature walk where he was bringing people together and in the circle. And many people are familiar when you get in a circle or a group or a forum like that, what's the first thing you do, you introduce yourself. And, um, what happened to that in that moment to me was like, I introduced myself, but I realized that I had this like big bout of, um, kind of anxiety, like flare up around like, who am I? Because I had just left the, my, my partnership and this, this thing that had driven my identity for so many years. And I had this really kind of internal battle with myself around like, what am I going to say? And also this worthiness battle of like, who am I now without X? Mm. And when I said it, I used that, that past life thing. I used that past version of myself thing. And right when I said it, it felt like it was like a me purging. Like it felt like I was purging something. Mm -hmm. And it was like a very uh, unsettling feeling because it's like I had spoken a frequency out into the universe that was untrue and I could feel that like mm -hmm. inside. And she noticed it right away as the deep empath and intuitive that she <laughs> is. Uh, she was like, what's going on? And I told her, I was like, I, I didn't expect that to like rattle me as much as it did. And I feel like that was the beginning of defining how to use it in our life. And, and first for me, like how do I – associate with myself from an identity standpoint and allow the new versions of myself that were coming up that were very intuitive, present father, dedicated husband, um, lifestyle business owner with my wife, like all these things that were very new become like the, the kind of the core belief that I marched and beat my drum to. And um, that took some time. I mean, I think that unraveling process is, is, uh, it's not simple and it's, it's a redefinition of, of everything that you have going on in your life, depending upon, um, how intensely you, you tackle a change or a new version of yourself. Um, but that was, that was like the onset. And as we moved, we realized, we realized what we wanted more and more and more. And it was always there, but what I think change was like our beliefs around it, but then also like our, our steps in the form. Like when, like you can believe something and you can have that kind of thought in your, in your body and your heart and your mind, but it's also needing to be applied. Like you need to apply this into like your steps in the world. And we began to do that over that first year, second year, third year, where it became, we became much more proficient in not only that, that belief inside of us, like that was truth. And we were, we were beginning to harmonize with that truth, but that our actions on the outside, um, really, really reflected that version of, of us that we wanted to put out for us, but into, into the form as well. You're smiling. You've got a lot. <laughs> I know I'm reflecting, I'm reflecting on the journey and smiling because, um, <laughs> I'm proud of us for living in our intuition as life intensified. Right. Like we didn't, we continued to go as, as life got more complex, you know, we added a business. I mean, we, Phil left that business, his, the business he was in and we had a baby in the exact same day. Right. So like we became business partners and parents on the exact no same day. <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking, but that's what we were, where we were being guided. Like, yeah. That's what was leading us. You weren't in the frame, yeah. Right. yeah. The logic was like, that's dumb. Don't do that. Don't ever do that, right? Everybody around us was like, you're crazy. But we were so knowing, mm -hmm. and we made that decision, and we went into it. And then we 
So we had our business and we had our son and then we had our second son and then Phil got an intuitive hit to build a house the day that I birthed a child out of my body. Phil said, we're going to build a house. I was like, no, you're going to build a house. I'm going to breastfeed. Like, his knowing was, and I could see it in his face. Mm-hmm. I saw him across the room and I could tell he was having an intuitive hit. And to your point, Emily, and I think you, you hit on something so important when you're talking about Phil's story that life gives us these mirrors to at like this perspective to be able to kind of reflect inward and say, yeah, what decision am I going to make? Am I going to make the logical one or am I going to tune in and I'm going to listen inward and make that intuitive decision and go where my knowing is going. Mm -hmm. And I was smiling because of as life (laughs) has intensified and we've done all those things and went through a pandemic in the middle of it, we still chose intuition Mm -hmm. and every single one of those moments strengthens the muscle. Yep. I I think too, what you're saying is like setting that boundary against like criticism or all the chatter that comes, not just from your internal thinking, overthinking, logical brain or whatever, but all the people in your life and the community that you have who like, if you told them they come to meet your baby for the first time, you're like, Hey, we're going to build a house. And they're like one thing at a time, you know, (laughs) but like you have your own way of doing life. And I think that's, what's most important is just truly following that and then I love the way that your stories have overlapped and you're able to support each other I'm sure it's not always easy I mean obviously all of these different things doesn't sound like it's been easy Um, and I know from our conversations it hasn't been but I'm, I'm curious like how do you balance like listening like if Phil comes in with that intuitive hit Krista you just accept it you know like you you're balancing each other's intuitive hits you're both so intuitive and then you're just like my intuition's telling me this and the other's like my intuition's saying I'm gonna breastfeed you know (laughs) (laughs) so like how how has it been in like a partnership in a business and marriage obviously um in like balancing one another's knowing yeah well first of all completely imperfect in the moment it seems like a hot mess so mm-hmm. let's just be honest because that's where all us humans are <laughs> and um yeah I mean uh last year Phil had you know the house was a great example that was his knowing it wasn't mine mm-hmm. and so then we used that to be able to design and we have a lifestyle design company so we're always asking okay if this is the knowing and this is what you know this inner wisdom is telling you this is the direction you need to go but mine isn't so that then you put that in the form and in the logical world, then Phil's driving a lot of the house design and build and I'm playing a different role, mm-hmm. right? I'm not in it as much. Like I'm not an equal partner in the like design and construction of a house because I'm not being guided to that. And a lot right? of that but comes I, in the trust, right? That just trusting that he's, you trust him and his intuition. You trust that you're doing your own thing. You don't always need to be overlapping in everything that you do and just allowing each other to live separately and bring that together in union. Sometimes that causes friction. Sometimes it causes, but, and you've experienced this with us, even as we went through last year, when we did have the moments of friction that caused us to go deeper inward. Right. And so like one of my big things is I want to honor his intuition. I want to honor his truth 
And so sometimes that does mean I need to trust even when it doesn't feel good for me, mm-hmm. but then it gives me an opportunity to say, okay, which direction am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Right. And then it gives me an opportunity to go deeper into myself mm-hmm. and figure out my intuitive process. And fortunately, like we've had really good alignment even after hard times, but mm-hmm. we kind of come back together with the knowing that we're always kind of putting each other's best interests at heart. And I think at a core of any relationship, like you have to, I think any healthy relationship is uh, predicated on like the individuals being very much working on themselves and then very much open and and spacious enough to let the other work on themselves Mm -hmm. and then sharing a, uh, maybe a, maybe a value of growth, Mm -hmm. right? It'd be very different if Krista was like skyrocketing her intuition, her development intuitively and growing personally or spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and I was like stuck in the mud, right? And I was completely wrapped up in the form and my ego and all the things that were happening around me and I was kind of at the surface of the ocean. That would be a much different relationship dynamic. Mm -hmm. But I think we've, and we use the term soul travelers, like we've, from the beginning, like I saw visions of her, like even before like we were speaking about like the things that we were, were experiencing now, like I saw visions of this, like on my own, in my own time, I'm in dreams, like those kinds of things. And I think that choice, again, was a hard choice. That's a different story for a different day. But like <laughs> that, that was a, that choice, like to choose that road, like, I think it synced us up. And like, there's this like value that sits between us that is growth, like soul growth, like we're, we're going in this direction together. And so I think any relationship kind of needs that um, alignment in terms of how each other is working on one another or completely open support for the other to kind of grow, grow on their own. And we talk a lot. Like it's, it's not like we go off to jobs and ship the kids off to daycare and do that. It's not our lifestyle. Like we are in it every day. We're talking, we're brushing shoulders, we're having hugs, we're having conversations every night. We do a thing called the five to hour meeting where we sit down and like share space. Last night we were talking about a trigger in our lives. It's a reflection of our lifestyle and the form and things that are going on there. And it was a really beneficial conversation that we got to share energetically, like where we're both sitting and then take that into like using our minds to actually make changes and how that feels. Um, and maybe hopefully some of the outcomes that we see from that. Mm -hmm. Um, but we talk constantly, the communication thread is like always open and always there. Um, and we've created systems that allow us to like, um, not only through our work with strategic planning for life, like annually we do it and we sit down and say like, where are we? Let's recalibrate. Let's get this moving in the direction we want to go. And we decide together in creating alignment between us and our relationship. How are we going to do life? And that framework gets us on the same page for like an annual track. And then we check in on that periodically down to the days and our systems are built around that knowing that we, that we work on together for our personal development, but then also for like how we live each day on earth in the form. Um, and I think that helps a lot, right? Like I think relationships fail and I'm, maybe I'm going to put on my relationship, my, <laughs> my pseudo relationship guru hat, which I'm certainly not a guru of relationships, but um, what I see kind of like in the world around me is that like, there's an assumption that, um, this person's always going to be there. There's, there's no investment in yourself and there's no investment in this person and there's no care to understand what this person needs or desires. And you're both are tackling independent ventures that are very, you know, 
defined by what you've what you've learned mm-hmm. and unfortunately like a lot of relationships are that different lifestyle like think about think about most relationships unfortunately in our in our western culture it's like you wake up you do the logistics if you have kids you ship them off to where they need to go one person goes one per- one way one person goes the other and for the vast majority of every day of your life you're living a completely different life and you come back together and you touch points around logistics and care and sustainment you don't you don't come together to touch points on deepening and growing and loving and all these things that are really necessary for a relationship to flourish and to grow um and i think that i've just been very grateful to find somebody in my life and go through those ups and downs the sine wave of our of our relationship but always choose to come back to the table mm-hmm. always choose to come back to the table even when it gets hard and we have to walk through dark doors together or maybe one person's driving the way and the other person's catching up we choose to come back to the table for this relationship mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think in that talking to to even reflect a little bit more on that i think even in those conversations we we're not always equally tapped into intuition mm. you know like the us and the people like even in this group right we're we're kind of ebbing and flowing in and out Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that all the talking helps us to do is to sit down and to help each other. Hey, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Where are you at? Right. Like let's connect. Nah, that's why our work starts on the inner world. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't want to just go right to the logistics. The now. <laughs> right. Like let's bring it inward and then come out into the world. Mm-hmm. And so each night our connection point is mostly about like, let's come in here into this heart space and then let's, come back out into the world. And a lot of times, even when we have a, a kind of a misalignment or maybe one of us isn't really in that intuitive space, we'll lean on the other person, right? We'll be like, Hey, I'm, I'm in a headspace right now. I'm in a, I may maybe in the cycle that is triggering to me. How are you feeling about this? What's your intuition say? And that's the question we ask. What's your intuition say? How do you feel about it? And if someone's clear on it, we follow that, mm-hmm. right? We just kind of trust. And I, that's, and so yes, there's independent intuition, but this collective intuition. You're the sun is, and the moon, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it's so good and it's so powerful, yeah. but we live in a society that you pit each, yourselves against each other. And that's going to mm-hmm. happen. That happens to Phil and I all the time. But when we get back into our truth, is when we come back into that space and we share that collective intuition and and rely on each other and lean on each other and ebb and flow with the sun and the moon and we and we I don't know like we we support each other and encourage about each other and empower each other from that place mm-hmm. and that's when we're that's when we make our best decisions in life mm-hmm. every every single time. What I'm hearing too, like the thread through all of this, is like the ability to change and to grow with one another as you change individually and to allow that to like develop this deeper change and deepening in the heart too. And that's like, that is nature. And it's so interesting. It's like the reflection I had while you were talking is like the resistance to change is like the resistance to your intuition. And that's when like, if you are resisting your knowing, that's when it might feel painful. Some things are coming up or whatever, but like change is nature. Like we have seasons. It's showing us outside, look outside and you can see all the time that things change and we, we change too. And it's like, so many people tell me, like, I I love checking in on people in the winter and ask like, how's the season for you? And most of the time they're like, 
it's winter. I fucking hate it. <laughs> like, what do you mean? How is the season? And I'm like, it's so slow and beautiful. And like, it allows us this moment of reset, of reflection, of preparing for the spring of, you know, going deeper within. And yeah, I think it's just so beautiful. The, the thread throughout a lot of what you shared is like that ability to change and to support one another in that effort too. I so agree with that. Change is inevitable. I think that the whole saying about we change, you know, we we're, people don't change or there's so many sayings around change. And the fact <laughs> of the matter is like you're literally always changing. It doesn't matter. You don't have a choice in the matter. It is changing. Mm-hmm. And being in that intuitive space, is that means you're going to be in flow with it. You're accepting of it. You're in flow with the change and engaged with it mm-hmm. instead of that resistance. Mm-hmm. I'm so in agreement with that. So what do you think shows up most for you guys that might like cause blockage or challenge or like, you know, cause you to say, stop, wait, <laughs> let, like, let, I need to tune in. Cause I, for me, it's like, I was reflecting on it. There's like a fear of failure, but also a fear of success. Like you can get caught on both sides that can be so constricting into like, I don't know which way to go. So the moment like what I've been reflecting on and what this season of winter is gifting all of us is like that moment of pausing of going within. Um, but I'd love to know like what shows up for you guys or even with your clients, if there's any trends, um, another, just one little quote that I found this morning, I was reading a return to love by Marian Williamson. Um, and she says, we're more afraid of life than we are of death. And I think that's (laughs) so true. Um, and so interesting how it, like we we like we're always um trying to like figure out what's going to come in the future or plan for what we don't even know we need yet <laughs> and we're planning for like a different version of ourselves that we don't even know cuz we're going to be changing if we you know if we're growing with nature and growing with each other we will be changing so we're planning for a future of someone we don't know so I don't know I think it's so interesting how we can get so caught up in that um but I'd love to know from your experience or with uh, your work and maybe I don't know if we ever defined what lifestyle design agency is in the beginning if we could touch back on that too (laughs) something that you 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 brought up death so you know i'm going there for a second (laughs) that's part of our work and i think that this is the most interesting thing is that you know we get so caught up in that planning and that logic brain and that you know our our product is called strategic planning for life and it's kind of a trojan horse we're like yeah we're gonna tell you we're gonna plan and we're gonna have goals but really we're gonna like go into some deaths or some (laughs) deaths literally and And they're module, we have people (laughs) sit on their deathbed and we have them envision their deathbed the amount of so when people are coming in they're kind of rattled up right they're like oh i need a plan for what to do in my life i i want to have more presence with my kids i don't really know i'm stuck i blah 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 so that fear of life right and then you put them on their deathbed and it is just like crystal clear i know and i know i know i know i know <laughs> yeah it's like immediately that fear starts to trickle away and it's just an immediate clarity of, oh, yeah, I know what's actually important to me. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to design around. And that's what lifestyle design is. It's about designing around what's most important to you. It's about living and engaging with life with intention, mm-hmm. right? And so it's about having, we believe it's having this deep sense of self-awareness and that bringing that from the inside out and applying that to life. And it's just designing your life around it. Mm-hmm. 
It's almost like what you were saying, like we know as kids too, and then you kind of lose that knowing. It's like so interesting that we can know within the first few years of our life what we are here for and how we are guided and what our purpose is or, you know, all of the things that we love and want to put our hearts into. And we know at the end of our life too. So what is it? It's like something gets so complicated and <laughs> the bulk of the in-between of life itself. Yeah. Ego. 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 I mean, the, the only, I mean, I, I believe I'm quoting this correct. The only animal that has that, I mean, like we, we go beyond instinct, right? Like we're like, we, we can trump instinct, which is, I mean, maybe even another word for intuition. And so like, we're wrestling with that for that whole dash of like when you're born to when you die, like we're wrestling with like our ego for that whole thing. And that journey back to truth is the arc of life. And I'll, I'll say too about, um, about what we were talking about with fighting life, which I thought was really beautifully said is I think a lot of ego and a lot of like living in that, um, in that fear of life, uh, that quote you shared was really powerful, um, is about a realization that you don't actually have control and that like, that we want like this, like false sense of control, like I make these choices and I do these things. And if I do this, this outcome will happen. And if I go, go, go and do, 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 like all these things will, will pan out. And the question that I've always asked myself and I play for me in my own life and the butterfly effect is how many of the things that have actually set you on a trajectory course that seems so cosmically divine, did you actually make happen? Mm-hmm. The answer, a goose egg, <laughs> a giant goose egg every time. And it's like every pivotal point in that time, it's like, I didn't make that. Like I didn't create that. Did I participate? Yes. Like, and here's an example, very concrete. And I'll keep it brief. Played baseball my entire life. I had a very big intuitive knowing my entire life that I did two things well, and I was going to do two things in life, baseball and art. I didn't know how it was going to be applied long-term. I didn't know when the train was going to end, but in high school, I was undecided late into my high school career. I knew I could play big division one baseball or the like, I wasn't getting any recruits for it. I played one game, hit a massive home run, and the coach on the other team, the opposing team, now think about this for a second. He was probably in his late 20s, probably in a relationship, maybe had kids. Seven o'clock, the game gets over. He goes home, has life. He has to get up the next day, pay bills, do all these things. For some reason, this man was compelled to go call his alma mater coach about a kid that he saw that night on the opposing team that hit a home run that he had never seen before. That call changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. It got me, it got me to go to the university that I wasn't even looking at to go to college there, which then I had, how did you feel when you walked on the campus? I walked on the campus and I looked at the hall, the main hall, (laughs) and it was a full send. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was my, it was one of my many moments. And that university I met, a guy on my first day that led me to the business that I was going to become a partner at, which then led me to my wife all because of that. I mean, and and I could say because of that call, but it went way beyond that. I mean, it was like, it started before I was born, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's all connected, divinely connected, but you ask yourself those questions and it's like, I didn't control that. And when you humble yourself down a little bit and you quiet the ego and you say, I actually don't want full control. Like I want to dance, like I want a partner to dance with. And that dance is your intuition. It's that knowing it's that, I mean, you're, we're born from cosmic stardust. Like we're all that. The oneness is that, 
right? Like we came, like we're all that. Mm -hmm. And like that connectivity to everything that you feel is like that support. And to not let yourself feel that is a disservice to life, disservice to living. And that fear comes from when you're holding on to like controlling everything. Mm -hmm. Like I, I need this to be my way in the way that I see it. And that causes pain and suffering. It makes me pose the question of like, why would you ever want to like confine love? Like even, even love in your partnership. Like if you just said, yep, this is it. And we're together forever. And you know, you just kind of, bookend it right now like why (laughs) then you would never get to grow individually you never expand and it's like the the interesting thing this is where I think we get in conflict with like logical knowing and intuition is like logically I want to I want to know what love is like I want to know that you love me I want to know that I have like it's all the human sides of love of like having a trusting partnership and all of those like building blocks and everything but like intuition uh and the like intuitive way of loving is like infinitely expansive and like when we try to control that's when we put ourselves in a box that's when we make even our relationships are smaller but if we allow ourselves to be open it's like that call that that (laughs) coach made it's like maybe like there was something there there was that energy exchange there's something that you were open to receiving that call you went and followed a lot and now here you are (laughs) in the house that you built and all the steps that you had to make to get here Um, but it's Mm -hmm. like just allowing that openness of the heart that just is infinitely expansive and when we when we let go of ego and we let go of the need to control who knows <laughs> and it's so beautiful in all the areas right you're hitting on all the areas the control in a relationship the control of how we think it should be in our finances how we think it should be in our work how we mm-hmm. think it should be in all these areas of life but you said something to me that continues to rattle around in my brain over the last couple of days where you said it was not an ideal situation that I was in, but I ended up in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. But we don't always know that we're in the perfect spot, right? That's that when perspective. We, yeah, I think when we, we believe that what we think, that we think we know how things should be, we take ourselves out of, we kind of individualize ourselves and we take ourselves out of that whole collective universal flow, which is what our intuition is tapped into. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, then that's what pulls us out. And then we go into the thinking brain, logical brain. Oh, I got to fix it. I've got to control it. I've got to do all the things. Mm-hmm. So triggers like money and love and career and kids and college decisions and all that stuff can bring you out of it. Attachment. Take you. Yeah. Right. 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 But if we sink down and go into that space, we can feel mm-hmm. or hear. Some people hear it. Some people visualize it. That knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a go ahead, even even what you said a second ago, which I completely uh, it sparked a thought that I've been having m- very recently. Like even the word understanding is an egoic venture. Mm-hmm. Like like you like we will never understand or even be able to like conceptualize like the the grandness of like the design. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know that for real. Maybe someday we will. I have no idea. But in my heart of hearts, like, I feel like it's just like way too vast and complex. But what you can do is feel it. Like you can feel it. I don't need to explain it. I don't need to understand it. I don't need to understand like mm-hmm. the bits and pieces and the math and the molecules to do that. But I know deep down how it feels. 
And that takes you into other things too, into like the psychology of things. And I had a conversation with a friend this morning that was about uh, uh, an experience that he had in his entrepreneurial journey in his family life. And I was like, you know what I'm feeling to share right now is I actually am really challenging the whole idea of good or bad. Like there is no good. There is no bad. Like, because if you actually have a long enough time horizon, usually like really quote unquote bad things in terms of how we have perspective on them lead to phenomenal things, right? Maybe that's immediately, maybe it's 20 years, 30 years, a hundred years down the road, but then what is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it good or is it bad? I or love is it, this. <laughs> or, is it, or is it everything, mm-hmm. right? Like, and many people are probably thinking about the extreme cases, you know, like death, murder, God forbid, sickness, chronic disease, like all these things that are like not amazing to experience in the moment. And again, God forbid anybody has to experience that in their own life. But what comes from that is still connectedness. It's mm-hmm. still love. It's still all these things. And those moments allow you to choose how you're going to relate to that experience And so even breaking down and deconstructing this idea of good or bad Mm -hmm. is like, I don't have to understand this thing that I feel is really painful right now. I don't like it. Like emotionally, mentally, I'm like, like, I don't like it. But if I can sink down, like we talked about earlier and drop into that knowing and that truth, then I can kind of step back and say, okay, like I, there's, there's something here that I can learn from and I can, I can I can experience life even in the trough. There's the crest and the trough, and I'm in the trough. I can still experience life in a beautiful way in the trough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. <laughs> it's, I love that you brought that up because it was a question that I had on my notes of like how to manage mistakes and setbacks, and I put them in quotes because I'm like I don't believe in mistakes. Like I think it is so true. It's like. Um, it's, it's a practice of allowing though, right. Of like allowing everything in life, like things that we might say are negative, uh, to teach us. And it's like, uh, something that feels like, like heartache. Like I was talking about this, um, with a friend recently, it's like heartache or heartbreak. It's like, it's actually breaking you open to something more, to something deeper and like follow that and go into those valleys and, and like, it's just making more room for love. Like you continue to learn from it and grow from it and like infinitely expand. And yeah, I love that you just brought that up. It's so perfect. (laughs) I think a lot about like very much now, like the shedding of a skin, right? Like it's, you know, like you're, and I have a deeper relationship with a snake now than I ever had probably my spirit animal, but it's like the, like the idea that like at some point, like that skin's got to go and maybe that's going to be uncomfortable for a while because it's like halfway hanging on, Mm. but like you have to like clear it. And then you are something new. Well, they say if the snake doesn't shed its skin, it dies. And yeah, I mean, so, you, you have to evolve. It has to. I mean, it, and that's us too. Like we are that. Mm-hmm. And like if you if you shed that that proverbial skin um, by a lot of the times going through hard stuff, like you've got to go through hard stuff. And the 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 avoidance of the hard stuff is. I also think it's. A, I think the avoidance and the fear of the hard stuff is a huge disservice to anyone who's venturing in their own journey of personal development or just life every day, the medicine of life. Mm -hmm. Like you have to allow yourself to experience hard and you have to allow yourself to experience, um, maybe where you're the receiver of the discomfort or even if you're, or you're the giver of the discomfort, like, because that's a gift either way, right? 
it's going to crack you open, as you mentioned a second ago, or crack someone else open um, to lead to what is needed to happen Mm -hmm. for some time. Uh, You two together, like the pairing, (laughs) the story of the snake, it's like you, Krista, you jumped in and said, like, if you don't shed the skin, then you will die. And it's like the idea of shedding the skin, it's like Phil going through, um, going back to your story with like letting go of the identity of like that version of yourself. We go through so many deaths throughout our life. We shed so many skins in the moment. Like if we don't shed that skin, that's when we actually die. Like there's, we might check out, we might still be living in life. Like we might be a little bit robotic or whatever, but like we, I, I've been through that myself and my experience is like, I, I was resisting the change of self and I was so checked out. <laughs> so I love um, that idea too. Like you have to embrace death and the small deaths uh, yeah. to fully live. I'm gonna, there's a quote that I'm going to butcher and I don't know who it's attributed to, but it is around <laughs> that where it's like the goal of life is actually to experience death before you die. Mm-hmm. And like you like to experience a death metaphorically right a versioning of yourself which i completely agree with that like there are many selves to experience and you know go into the quantum and it's like whoa like you're never actually like one person at any one time like you're experiencing all these different versions which we talked about mm-hmm. here a little bit i just think it's so important like the in in the change and in the the, the death versions um the letting go and, and, and it, you said it in allowance and accepting and us, we we're saying it in the control, you know, like really letting go mm-hmm. and letting life happen because we all play a role in this divine composition. Whatever is all happening, we're if we don't let go and we don't release that control, that's going to influence someone else or something else. Mm-hmm. It's not just affecting us. It's affecting everyone around us. It's affecting the larger whole mm-hmm. and I mean, I would assume that we all believe that if we kind of lean into the flow and lean lean into intuition more, then the whole gets better and more in flow. Mm -hmm. And we then leave a a, maybe a healthier ripple effect Mm -hmm. on others around us and in the world and universe at large. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure, but that's my assumption. Yeah, I'm seeing it as like like an ecosystem too of like some sort of a garden. It's like we like I was talking about earlier going through the seasons and if like there's one part of the garden that's like no we're not gonna go through this winter like we're gonna keep on living here it's like then they're taking all of this energy like you know it's (laughs) such an interesting and beautiful metaphor I'm always going back to the garden but (laughs) yeah think about it the bees were like we don't want to pollinate flowers this year you know what I mean like like if they were like not do that because we don't want to we want to go be cows I love today. Like, the bee voice there was perfect <laughs> yeah. completely disrupt everything yep right and i think that's that's the same right like we are that like yeah. we we just forget that we we think we're these like these alpha species that like are just not nature and it's like no like you're an animal <laughs> we're, we're we are part of this like spinning rock like we're all we're all that yeah and when you remember that, it's like it. I think that allows you to like be more instinctual and like have more trust in that ecosystem and how all these things are like interconnected because it's happening right in front of our eyes every single day. That's what I was gonna say is that we've talked a lot about intuitive moments in big ways, but 
we're not talking as much about intuitive movements in the small everyday ways, right? We're not talking about, and that's what we find in our work a lot because I think people come in thinking, well, I'm going to have these big grand plans when I leave. And it's the antithesis of that. It's not that Mm -hmm. it's no, everything that you care about and you want most and what you're meant to be doing is literally right in front of you. Right. And intuitive can an intuitive movement coming from that inner awareness, that inner knowing might be, you know, instead of plugging away a little bit more at those emails that are giving me lots of stress, I actually feel called to go outside because my kids are playing out there and I'm going to just go out there and spend the rest of the evening. I saw with you on that sled the other day. <laughs> and that was an intuitive movement. I didn't resist it. I didn't think, oh, I'm an adult, so I shouldn't. I was like, oh, God, I cannot wait to go down this sled and I'm going to steal the sled from these kids because this is so fun. <laughs> you were like, my turn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so beautiful. it happens in the smallest of moments, and yep. I think that's what we find in our work, and um, and and that's what we're, we're trying to bring to life more mm-hmm. and more is just knowing how all of this is like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's already it already exists, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be all these big things. That's such a beautiful reminder, and I think such a um, beautiful thing to kind of gift all of the listeners to, like in the slowness of winter, like going on a walk and noticing little things that are starting to bloom again you know like it is the small things and the more that we see that and like have that perspective of going on that walk and seeing something new we see that within ourselves too um which i'd love to hear like for you guys just to kind of bring it all full circle um how do you stay in tune with your intuition how do you practice um following those small moments that lead to the big you know like how how does that how, what tools do you use um, and what tips might you have for others who are looking to get more in tune with themselves? I'll go first. I have a strong practice every morning um, that includes uh, meditation. It includes morning pages, which we've done through the artist's way. And I, I used still to resist say, those. <laughs> oh, but it, it truly, for me, in word, it moves me from brain to heart because I'll wake up with a sense of anxiety and then I write and I... Um, listen to a certain music so that it brings me into a heart space. And then from there, then I can kind of go into my day from a heart led place, from an intuition place versus that mind. Mm-hmm. So it makes it, it's a huge difference. And I, and it, again, like imperfect, maybe, maybe one morning I only have five minutes of time. Maybe another morning I'm most mornings I'm doing my morning pages while I'm watching Blippy with our two year old. And I have, but it's the way that I get it in, you know, mm-hmm. And it is important to me to have that time to meditate. And I often include reading. So like I just finished Heart Minded by Sarah Blondin and it was so beautiful. It's so good. And so I'll integrate books that kind Mm -hmm. of stretch my thinking, stretch my soul, deepen me a little bit and give me some prompts even for those morning pages. But that that is like my jam for getting into body and into heart. Um, And that's like the one thing that keeps me super grounded such a beautiful yeah. reminder of how um important it is to like practice that mindfulness even when life is chaotic around us because <laughs> that that is what life is life is a bit crazy <laughs> and maybe wow. it's watching blippy one day and the other time you know like you you might be in all these different places but to stay kind of grounded and centered and and even practicing like doing that journaling while like in that environment i think is so um, building and supportive too. So such a potent practice. I hope she'd be able to do it the rest of the day, like mm-hmm. to tether back into it yeah. at any moment. There's, and Phil, I know <laughs> I'd love to hear yours too, but, um, 
what you were sharing too is how important it is to start that in the morning. Um, and it reminded me of, uh, there's someone I follow on Instagram, not remembering who, but <laughs> the, um, the point is they said like in the morning when you, if you open your phone and you read text messages or, you know, maybe you have your alarm and then you get sucked into your phone of all these things, you're immediately giving your brain this dopamine hit. And then you're setting that stage throughout the rest of the day, like asking for that and looking for that and maybe connecting more to your phone because you started your day that way. So I love Krista how like, you start your day by connecting to the heart and by like feeling into intuition for like, what does, what do you need right then? What do you need for that day? And then allowing the day to kind of flow from there. So beautiful. To that point, I think about it a lot like recovery versus preventative, you know, like if you do that in the morning, like you're on a recovery train the whole day. Yeah. Like you're recovering, like you would be from a, from a sickness or from a cut or whatever. But if you do it the other way and you like are eating well and doing these things, like you're preventative, you're building your immune system, you're doing these things. So it's like you can come into the space. The second thing was per the point of like practicing in chaos. It's like there's this like, like mindfulness and stuff like, has always had this like stigma. I think it's becoming a lot more like neutralized now, but like like this monk on the mountain. But like practicing is actually in everyday life. Like life is the medicine. Mm-hmm. Like you can go be a monk on the mountain and that's great and that's one way to do it. But like you're never going to actually like realize or actualize that wisdom unless you bring it down into the chaos of real life. And so like you have to go up to the mountain and come back down. Mm-hmm. You have to go up and learn and ascend and then bring that back down to the darknesses that are you and everything else. And like that's like the journey of, of like how I think – everything is raised is that you go up and then you come back down. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that idea of like practicing in life in real time because it's like in that middle of like the chaos and Mm -hmm. you're bringing the mountain, like what you saw the mountain down to every day. And then we get to define what life is like, what, what is, where are we bringing that into? We get to define who our circles are and like what we're putting our energy into. And I think that's also important. It's like, we don't have to choose a chaotic life. (laughs) We can keep things simple and in love too. So it's, yeah. Yeah, That's the thing. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the, the, I mean, kind of really the precipice of our work in general is that like, I think a lot of us, we, we choose unconsciously to suffer. We, we choose, like, we, we desire different things, but we choose suffering because suffering is easier. And it's more familiar. And, like, you can choose to do a, di- do a different thing. Like, you don't have to be, and I'll use the thing that's really near and dear to my heart, like, you don't have to be the absentee dad because you're bringing in a bunch of money to support your family. Like, you can create a life. If you want to spend more time with your wife and your children, like, you can create that life. You will have to go through the valley of, of dark to get there. But like you can do it mm-hmm. and it's like that choice is in everybody's, everybody's power and everybody's hand. And we think that awareness mixed with integrative steps in your life is, is one way to do that. Um, some other ways to answer your question that I do that for like myself. Um, also journaling, I do prompts for myself. I do vision writing. So I do like let that kind of intuition kind of guide me to like where I feel like I'm going like directionally as a sale. Um, to cultivate a belief in myself. So I'm like living that now versus like waiting for it to be a thing. Mm. Um, fitness is a big thing, movement of my body, uh, connecting with nature, uh, no matter the season, no matter the weather. Um, we just took the kids out. It was 35 degrees, went to Hocking Hills the other day, hiked around for hours, and it was beautiful. Um, so connection to nature and fresh air um, is a big one connection with my wife and my partner, like the people that are in my life that I really appreciate that could be her, it could be a community that I'm building. So that community 
and like this conversation has been very and enriching staying staying for yeah. the minimum. like uh. the vibrations that you share with other people in your community like is a wellness benefit like you can get well from that um that's a big motivator for me um and those are those are kind of like everyday ascending up the ladder of like even communities maybe an ascension pass like every day um and bigger ones too would be you know like broader like deepening of knowledge of my own journey whether it's like uh unraveling from old experiences or childhood stuff or learning and to have new relationships with those things um uh traveling new perspectives on on the world which i know you're a big fan of also like new perspectives on life and where i like so i'm not like getting rut- rutted in the gravity of like my geographic place mm-hmm. um the energy of that one place um, and maybe at the, like the, the top of that would be like, uh, like plant medicine, like plant medicine is like a new thing for me that like, as I was gravitating intuitively around for years, um, and recently, uh, went into, and that's like become a new journey in that deepening of understanding myself and maybe as an umbrella. Mm, it, it feels like the root of so much of what you shared too is curiosity and wonder and just allowing that through all of the different ways that you're practicing it, but just like staying curious in your heart and getting to know your mind more so you can differentiate the mind and the heart maybe and like feeling that out through movement and exercise and the way that you show up in the world. So I love all of that. Sure. Beautiful. Um, Are you, sh- you going to share with your listeners what you do? Oh yeah. So it's funny. I, I, the first episode I talked about this a lot and now every time I ask people, they throw it back to me and I'm always like something different, you know? Um, right now it is meditation is the biggest one. Um, I've been getting into more like guided meditations cause I was falling out of a routine. So I needed a little bit more, um, was seeking more support and something more like regular. So doing like a guided meditation every morning and then doing like a self-guided just silence and being um, sort of meditation in the evenings. And those have been so expansive. Um, And then yoga, feeling out my body. Um, I like to talk a lot about like the difference in like what, how yoga and your body, how you show up in an exercise um, teaches you a lot on like you might have a physical injury and you logically know you have a physical injury, but your intuition tells you, something else about it like it you know you can go in a little bit deeper on um, getting to know your body by movement so yoga uh, writing is a huge one for me I have three journals going at the moment and they all have different like intentions (laughs) so I'm writing a lot and I love it and um, yeah and then I think uh, something new for me is like listening more well not new I'm always (laughs) hopefully um listening to others but it's like the way of listening um and hearing hearing myself speak too um learning from my own words and my own wisdom um and like really being in tune with like what's coming what am I giving out and then what are others giving to me so listening is has been one of the really expansive ones Ooh, that's beautiful (laughs) you have such a um in your listening, you also reflect in such a powerful way. You have such strong reflections and they always hit deep to the core. So if there's anyone listening, if you really want to tap into that intuition and get to know yourself at the deeper level, start with M and M. <laughs> if you like 
the raddest reflections of yourself that just like they deeply root you. So in your listening, you're giving so many gifts mm. to everyone else in the reflections that you share. Thank you so much. My, I think I've shared this with you that my ex used to call me a bulldozer and I thought it was a bad thing. And now I'm like, hell yeah, bring me in. <laughs> You know, I just, I think I go deep really quickly and I'm, I'm learning to listen more to the energy of the person that I'm interacting with, the energy of the room and sharing, um, as it, as it's meant to, you know, but also the, the non-attachment side of not being afraid to share. So, yeah, Yeah, because it's so, it's so, when it comes through, it's so clear Mm -hmm. and it feels like it's like you're the channel. It feels like when I hear it, it sounds like it's coming through you, right? It's not (laughs) from your mind Mm. you're kind of letting it come through and it you Mm. can sense the difference (laughs) thank you thank you I appreciate that so much I feel very similarly about both of you and this conversation has been so filling um is there any do you guys have preferred methods for people to get a hold of you individually or business or what's the best way yeah I mean I guess we'll start with uh Alan Key because we talked a little bit about that today um you can find Alan Key just alankey.co.co um Instagram al underscore and underscore key um and then YouTube and other places if you go to our Instagram our link tree has like everything you could you could want from our link tree bio link so that'd be one place and then personally uh Phil underscore Franks on Instagram is like where I'm most active uh, reach out to me an email, Krista at AllenKey.co, because I like the one-on-one connection. I'm on social channels, but so much less engaged um, over there at Krista.Franks, which I'm sometimes questioning if that's even what it is. <laughs> email me is like the best bet. Perfect. I love it. We all have our different methods, and I love that you, you know yourselves, you know? That's important. <laughs> um, beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm going to end with... A poem that I wrote when I was on the trail with Krista um, a year and a half ago. We were backpacking in the Uintas in Utah, and it was a crazy experience. Um, But this, yeah, that one was a trust building (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um, But the poem is called Storm. When you embrace the storm, you become one, holding her power in your soul. And as the wind passes, the sun awakens all the magic of the unknown. Thank you, friends, so much. So much love for you guys. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for you. Mm -hmm. So much love for you. Mm -hmm.